Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hayes is High in Learning. I'm your host, Ashley Hayes, and this week is all about understanding the major COVID-19 assistance programs for small businesses. It has come to my attention that the homies are being misinformed about these programs, so I'm here to try to set a few things straight. This episode will specifically cover the Paycheck Protection Program, also known as PPP, and the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, also known as EIDL. Let me also say that I am not offering this information as a trained employee of these organizations. I am offering this information as a peer business owner who has received assistance from both programs this last funding cycle. The first thing I want to do is talk about the purpose of these funds. The purpose is to ease the economic injury sustained by businesses during the COVID-19 pandemic. Plainly, it's to help businesses get back to business and stay open. One prerequisite is having filed a prior year or, in some cases, two years tax returns to show financial stability. This means that you have to show that the business actually made money. One thing that happens is people hear that the government is giving away free money and they figure if they report less, they'll get back more. While that might be true for short-term goals such as getting a bigger tax return, it doesn't work for the long-term goal of securing capital. If you report that you made $0 in revenue, then that says to the grantor that you don't have the means to pay this loan back. And let's be clear, both are actually loans, but there are some key differences to note. Let's start with the Paycheck Protection Program. PPP is a loan that is forgivable if funds are spent on a qualifying cost. For the first round of funding, they required that at least 60% of funds be used towards payroll and that the remainder be used for costs such as utilities, rent payments, and a very limited list of other expenses. The idea of this program is to keep people employed. My recommendation is to use a third-party payroll service to pay yourself and to pay your employees. I use Gusto, but there are others like Paychecks and ADP that work well as well. This will ensure that you have a proper reporting of your payroll costs, and they will actually complete the tax filing for you. It has made my life so much easier having a payroll processing company. And PPP is directly through the lender, so you will actually need a business bank account or an authorized lender to apply for this loan. Essentially, the banks serve as the middleman between the business and the Small Business Administration. You do have to request forgiveness for PPP. It is not automatic. You can read more about the program at www.sba.gov. I have compiled a list of things that you will need to apply for this upcoming cycle should it be finalized. The first thing you'll need is your prior year's filed tax return. I talked a little bit about that already. You'll need a business banking account. You'll need business income statements. So the thing that makes this round of funding different than last year's is that they are actually going to compare your income for two quarters in two years. So that means you have to show that your business made 25% less in any quarter in 2021 than it it did in the prior year. So for example, if you made $10,000 in quarter one or Q1 of 2020, then you have to prove that you made $7,500 or less in Q1 of 2021. So this is saying that you show a 25% decrease in income because of the pandemic. And I use court, I'm going to use quarter one personally when I apply because I know that I'll see the biggest decrease in annual revenue there. I'm used to doing 20 to 30 performances in the month of February. This year, I'd be lucky if I got 10. 
So remember that this program is based on proving that you had payroll costs in the prior year, and you have to use the funds to maintain or increase your payroll. One thing I did the first round was actually ask for a little more than I needed so that I could hire my creative director. You can put your employees on payroll if you haven't before, but remember you have to be able to justify it. Now let's talk a little bit about the EIDL. The EIDL is actually one application for two programs. There's the popular one, the advance or the grant program, and then the actual loan. Unlike paycheck protection, the loan part of the economic injury disaster loan is not forgivable. It is a repayment term of 3.75% and a payback term of 30 years or up to 30 years. The point is to give business owners smaller payments so that they can get on their feet. So for example, a $25,000 loan may only have $100 or $115 per month repayment, but that repayment term is for 30 years, so it's the length of a mortgage. And unlike paycheck protection, this program is based on credit and other determinations. So the SBA needs to know that you can repay the amount that you're offered. The minimum credit score isn't published on the SBA website, but I believe it is somewhere around the 570. One common misconception about the EIDL is that the advance is free money. On the second round, that might be true, but we don't know yet. So for now, that is not true. If you got paycheck protection, they actually applied that advance to your forgivable amount. So let's say that you claim 10 or more employees so that you got a $10,000 advance. If you also got paycheck protection, they will subtract $10,000 away from your forgivable amount. That means you could owe, owe that money back if you can't justify how you used it in the payroll. And while that might sound scary to owe the government $10,000, the reality is it's a loan with a 1% interest rate and a two or more year repayment plan. So that's still cheaper than most credit cards. Another common misconception is that if you took out the loan, then you should apply again to get more money. The actual process is to email the SBA to request an increase on an existing loan. I highly, highly, highly recommend calling the SBA Customer Service Department. It's published on their website. There are people there from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern to answer your questions and go over the processes. So here are a, couple, a few popular scenarios for the economic injury disaster loan. Most people either A, filled, filed it, filled it out, got the advance, then got a decline for the loan. So that means that they got that deposit of $1,000 or $10,000, but ultimately didn't get the loan. Or they B, filled out the application and never got the advance or the loan. Those advance or grant funds did expire in July of 2020. Or C, they filled it out thinking that all of it was the advance, so they took the loan and then realized later that it was actually a loan and not a grant. In any of these cases, you are accountable for what you receive, what you sign, and the information you ask for. So read carefully and ask questions. The worst thing is to be out here assuming, saying what you read in the articles, what you saw on CNN. Ask questions. That is how we become more educated, and that's how we remain efficient with our processes. So if you did get declined, you should have actually gotten an email from the SBA with a letter attached. 
I actually was declined the first time and I ignored that letter, but it has some valuable information in it, mostly how to request what's called a reconsideration. The SBA gives an applicant that is declined six months from the date on that letter to request reconsideration. That means if you get declined for credit, you have six months to improve your credit and ask the SBA to take another look. That is that's different than a lot of grant programs is that they essentially keep your case open for six months in case you need to get your paperwork together and come back to it. Most people's instinct is to apply again. And if you get a decline and submit another application, the SBA only works with one application per business. So they will flag the next application as duplicate and take it out of the system. And like I said, when in doubt, call them. I've said a mouthful, but I'd rather say it here once and thoroughly than to rush through it. And if you have never shared an episode before, I would like to personally ask you to share this with anyone who you think it will help. People tend to know that I've gotten these programs and they ask me a lot of questions. And I always said to myself, there should be one central place. You know, the SBA website is there, but sometimes it's government jargon and people don't understand it. So hopefully this is a manageable way to communicate the information. I was very, very disappointed this last cycle to find that a lot of Black business owners, small business owners, didn't thoroughly understand the process or put themselves in danger by forging paperwork for these programs. I would love for us to be beneficiaries of these programs, but we have to understand how they work. So before I wrap, I want to do a quick list of do's and don'ts for these programs. Do wait until official guidance is posted at sba.gov. The information I'm giving you now is based on package, packages that have not been finalized. And so that information isn't on the SBA.gov. They only have the old programs right now. So wait, do not go in and preemptively fill out applications. Just wait until it's actually posted from a trusted source. I do recommend hiring an accountant or a certified professional to do your business taxes if you haven't before. I do recommend that you understand exactly what you claimed on your taxes, ask questions, do your research, and make sure you're only completing applications on www.sba.gov or a lender site. Spam is high these days, so check and double check where you're putting your personal information. And I do recommend that you double check to make sure you input the correct information on your application. If funds get deposited into the wrong bank account, that issue can take months to correct. So it is absolutely imperative that you put down bank accounts that are open, active, and are associated with your business. So here's your list of don'ts. Don't submit multiple applications back to back. Don't compare your situation to another business owner's situation. Ray Ray's business is Ray Ray's business, and Ray Ray might have you know, filled out some information that wasn't true. And Ray Ray is going to have to deal with that with the government and the guy he served. Okay, focus on your business, your taxes, your particular situation. I do not recommend paying someone a percentage of your loan to fill out an application for you. The application takes about 15 minutes online. If you have the information I stated before, your tax returns, your business statements, you really should be able to fill this out with little to no help. If you do find, hire someone to help you, you can pay them a nominal fee because there is labor involved in applying, but I do not recommend making that fee based on any money you get back. 
I don't recommend having someone else complete your application without understanding what they're putting in. I've heard too many cases of people going to an accountant who might be processing 100 applications a day. And then when the SBA calls, that applicant doesn't know what's going on in their application and they can't provide or support the information. This is the federal government. They can find you for fraud or even worse. I advise you to ask questions and get help from someone you trust based on information that you can back up should you be audited. Remember, the most accurate resource regarding these programs is the Small Business Administration. Not me, not this podcast, not your homie who got the grant. The SBA is ultimately the ones who make the deposits, so that is where you can find the most up-to-date information. Thank you all so much for tuning into Hayes' Higher Learning. If this was helpful to you, feel free to support this podcast by visiting anchor.fm slash Ashley dash Hayes. That's A-S-H-L-E-E dash H-A-Z-E. You can click right on the description in the podcast app. You can feel free to leave us a voicemail about what you like so far on the podcast and what you want to hear more of if this was helpful for you. I'm so excited to announce that Hayes' Higher Learning is now on Clubhouse. You can follow me. I'm at Ashley Hayes, and I have been moderating conversations about creative entrepreneurship weekly. I will be starting the official Hayes' Higher Learning Club there so that we can interact and really get into cooperative learning. Although this episode was about one program and one grant, there's still so many bigger conversations about being an entrepreneur, being a creative in business that I would love to continue having. So thank you again for tuning in to Hayes' Higher Learning, where together we are learning better, doing better, and being better. The song of the week is Mystery Lady by my boo, Masego, and I'll see y'all next time. <laughs>